matter how cool the fad. Want more parenting help from Mark Gregston? Find encouragement through articles, books, and more at parentingtodaysteens.org. Hello, everybody, and welcome to SWAT Radio here on Friday, March 17th, St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day to all our listeners. I'm David Gray, along with my friend and SWAT brother, Craig Henderson. Brad Sykes is uh, out today, as is Doug McCary, and uh, we are glad to be with you, Craig. Always good to have you here. Hey, I'm honored to be on the air. Just, uh, it's great. Thank you very much. Sure. Uh, SWAT, for those of you who haven't listened for a while or may be new to SWAT Radio, SWAT stands for spiritual warriors advancing truth we are uh the radio program has been on for about six years and we are a an outgrowth of the swat bible studies led by doug mccary in the jacksonville area uh, those bible studies have been meeting for probably over 10 years now and and continue to meet at various locations uh, during the week in jacksonville at the beach in ponte Vedra here at the salem center on Wednesday, that's Wednesday morning at the beach, Wednesday at noontime here at the Salem Center in Jacksonville. Uh, Thursday morning, we have a group uh, that meets at um, the new Jumpin' Jack's House of Food location, which will be opening shortly here uh, in Jacksonville on Belfort Road, not far from the Salem Center. Uh, and then a Thursday night Zoom meeting that Doug leads and a Friday morning meeting in St. Augustine. And you can always go to SWATradio.com. Uh, to find out uh, more information about those meeting locations. And as Doug likes to point out, if you're a man out there who wants to be involved in a, in a men's study, a men's group, and a community of men, we would love to have you uh, at one of our SWAT locations. The, the, the pillars of SWAT are God's Word, prayer, evangelism, discipleship, and community. I might not have got those in exactly the right order. Doug will ding me on that, but... <laughs> Uh, we recognize, Craig, I think you would agree how important the the community aspect of SWAT is uh, to the in addition, of course, to those other important pillars. Yeah, I, I certainly would echo that, David. I'm actually kind of a newbie into SWAT. And uh, it's one of the things that as I as I stepped in and started just the quality of the teaching, uh, the fellowship with the other brothers, it has really been powerful for me and I have enjoyed it greatly. Yeah. And I, I you're a newbie to SWAT, but certainly not a newbie to uh, the faith and not a newbie to uh, community and the, and the need for community. So I know you would echo just that overall need for, especially men to be in community. Yeah, it, it is. It's powerful. And, you know, we all go through all sorts of things in our lives and having somebody that you can talk to pray for you um, and provide some accountability as we walk through life is, uh, is really important in our life in our, as men and in our culture today. Yep. I've said this several times. There, there, there was a long period in my life where, you know, I was a believer, but I wasn't that interested in male Christian friends, especially either didn't have time for it or didn't want to be bothered or, or didn't want accountability was probably part of it. Uh, not probably, I know it was part of it, but now, you know, God has done things in my life and between SWAT and a group I'm in at my church. And I, I have more guy friends than I've ever had, and I don't know what I'd do without them, um, guy, male Christian friends, and just that. And it's not just all about accountability and 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 uh, praying for each other, although those are two huge things. But it's also just about being with each other and and having fellowship and having fun and 
being with like-minded people and like faith people and talking about ways that we can, we can serve, even if it's in the context of playing around a golf or, or whatever it is. So uh, I'm very thankful for that. And, and, and you're right in that list. So I'm, you and I know each other from a great banquet as well as SWAT and, uh, I've always been uh, thankful to have you as a friend. Oh, well, thank so. you very much. Yeah, it, it is It is easy in our culture to get a little bit myopic, you know, and just see things from my own little view of the world. And right. having some guys that hold same values um, and eternal values that uh, you can speak to and talk to and, and communicate with really helps me uh, better assess kind of where I am and, and, uh, and make uh, assessments of kind of yeah. things around me. Yep. Well, as we uh, as we mentioned at the at the top of the program, today is St. Patrick's Day, so we want to wish everyone out there a St. Patrick's Day. Craig, do you have any? Now, I don't. I'm not sure if I should know this by the name Henderson, but do you have any Irish in your heritage? Actually, I don't. Henderson's actually a Scottish name, so we're from the, a little bit across to to the uh, east is where. Uh, and my mother was a Macintosh. Okay. Uh, so between my dad and my mom, I, I believe I have a pretty high percentage of Scottish blood in my, in I got my you. veins. But you're in that region. Oh, yeah. You're absolutely. in that region. I've, and I've been to Ireland. It's a, it's an, a, a beautiful and amazing country. One of my favorite comedians is, is Jim Gaffigan. I don't know if you know Jim Gaffigan or not, but he he tends to he, – he's very clean, first of all, and uh, he he does a whole bit on ancestry. And what a way – he said, I spent my, uh, you know um, – hundred dollars on ancestry.com. He says, and what I discovered is I'm related to my ancestors, <laughs> but he does this thing where he just puts a big circle around the British islands. And he says, I'm from this general area here, anywhere where you need sunscreen, you know, that's yeah. where I'm from, you know? So anyway, but I, uh, I do have, my sister is the, uh, ancestry person in, in our family. And she sent us a, a little blurb this morning, reminding us that our great grandmother is a margaret mcpherson and her father was onslow mcpherson and uh they uh his wife and and my great grandmother's mother was from county cork and oh wow in ireland so i do and my and of course on my wife's side not that that's my blood side but my wife's maiden name is flaherty so we've we've got a little of it there oh you do you definitely do do. absolutely well we were we were talking a little before we came on the air about St. Patrick, and I confess I don't know, I didn't know, and I still don't, although I did a little reading this morning about St. Patrick, and I found out that he lived around, uh, you know, 430 A.D. and um, was born in Britain, actually, and to Christian parents, but he was not that interested as a young person in a relationship with God. Um, However, as a teenager, he was kidnapped um, Hmm. and was taken— to Ireland, where he was basically enslaved, and and part of his uh, work that he had to do as a as a slave was uh, to tend sheep, was it was shepherding type work, and it was dur- he was there for six years, and it was during that period that it appears that God saved him. He cried out to God that what I read says he he you know developed a relationship with God. Obviously, God drew him to Himself, and that he began to pray as he was tending sheep. Who does that sound like? Right. And, um, but anyway, after six years, he escaped, uh, was reunited with his parents in Britain, but began to earnestly study the scriptures and was actually training to become a priest at some point felt that 
God was leading him back to Ireland, even though there was potential danger for him in Ireland. Uh, but similar to what we're studying about Paul, he, he went back to Ireland and Ireland at the time, 450 or so AD was still a very, very pagan place. Uh, Druid worship, worship of the earth, worship of the sky, um, worship of the creation rather than the creator was prominent. Mm. And he is credited with preaching the gospel in Ireland and converting a lot of the Irish people. And uh, so there, there appears to be that he was a true, a true ambassador for Jesus in that way. Wow. That's pretty awesome. That's so, amazing. That, that, there's the little history lesson that I, I'm, tr- I'm rushing a little because I don't want to back you up against the clock <laughs> like I have done before. But our good friend Brad Sykes, who you all know, uh, sent us um, a, a prayer by St. Patrick today that we he thought would be good for us to... Brad's not on today, but still fighting for creative control of the program. <laughs> I know he's listening. That's why I said that. Um, but anyway, it's, it's a prayer known, called the breastplate of... St. Patrick, and Craig's going to read that for us. We were talking about where it got its name, possibly uh, influenced by Ephesians? Uh, Ephesians 6, yeah, putting on the armor of God and the breastplate of righteousness. So this is a little bit lengthy, so I want to leave you time, Craig, so yeah, go for it. So this starts off, it says, I bind unto myself today the strong name of the Trinity by invocation of the same, the three in one, the one in three. I bind this day to me forever by the power of faith, Christ's incarnation, his baptism in the Jordan River, his death on the cross for my salvation, his bursting from the spiced tomb, his riding up the heavenly way, his coming at the day of doom. I bind unto myself today. I bind unto myself today the power of God to hold and lead, his eye to watch, his might to stay, his ear to hearken to my need, the wisdom of my God to teach, his hand to guide, his shield to ward, the word of God to give me speech, his heavenly host to be my guard. Against all Satan's spells and wiles, against false words and heresy, against the knowledge that defiles, against the heart's idolatry, against the wizard's evil craft, against the death wound and the burning, the choking wave, the poisoned shaft. Protect me, Christ, till thy return. Christ be with me, Christ within me, Christ behind me, Christ before me, Christ beside me, Christ to win me. Christ to comfort and restore me. Christ beneath me, Christ above me. Christ in quiet, Christ in danger. Christ in hearts of all that love me. Christ in mouth of friend and stranger. I bind unto myself the name, the strong name of the Trinity. By invocation of the same, the three in one and one in three of whom all nature hath creation, eternal Father, Spirit, Word. Praise to the God of my salvation. Salvation is of Christ the Lord. Mm. Amen. Amen. Wow. I'll never think of St. Patrick the same way. It's a powerful set of words, isn't it? It really is. 
man. It really is. And, and, you know, you just, you see the thoughtfulness <laughs> that he obviously gave to, to writing that, but this idea of binding ourselves Bind to Christ. myself. Yeah. Well, he, he initiates it and he does it to us. And yet, as we're going to see, and as Doug's been teaching this week, it, it requires our response. Absolutely. Right. Right. God is sovereign, but it requires our response. I, I love the phrase, his bursting from the spice tomb. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Isn't that great? That idea of, of bursting and, uh, you know, the, the, um, you can see the influence of Ephesians six, where it says his hand to guide his shield to ward, right. Um, against all Satan's spells and wiles. That's what putting on the armor, armor of, God of God is about, right? So very, very powerful. So I, uh, there was another line in here that I was thinking about. I was talking to you about um, uh, before the program about the idea that uh, we talk about a lot of heavy things that are going on in our culture, a lot of darkness, a lot of evil. And a while back, Brad was trying to, maybe come up with some good news stories on Fridays just to change the pace a little bit. And uh, I, I, I know there's a line in here about God's ear hearkening to us. And my good news story for the week is we've got this wonderful cat that's been part of our family for a while. And uh, he's, he's well, I'm gonna, we're going to take a break, so I'm probably going to tell the rest of this when we come back from the break. But I found my the cat was missing this week, and I found myself praying for the cat and feeling a little silly about it. So <laughs> we'll, we'll talk more about that after the break. My prayer is not quite as deep as the uh, breastplate of St. Patrick here. <laughs> anyway, we're coming up to our first break here on SWAT Radio. Craig, really appreciate you reading that. Maybe we can get James Grimm to that prayer out on the website for us at SWATradio.com, so we'll ask James about that. Give us a call at 844-777-7928 if you have a comment or a question about anything that we're discussing. We're going to be doing a, a, a look at Acts 22, verses 17 to 30 when we come back. Thanks for being with us. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. The answer to turmoil in your home may just be discipline. Here's Trace Embry of Shepherd's Hill Academy, unlicensed to parents. Is your child a delight to your soul? Does he bring you more peace than embarrassment and stress? I regret to say that it's becoming more rare to see kids of any age that are well-behaved and well-disciplined. It seems that the busyness and exhaustion of many parents today have brought them to a place of being too easily pleased. 
The command to honor father and mother seems lost to busyness and political correctness. I know parents still love their kids, despite life's hectic pace. But many aren't experiencing the peace with their kids that they ought to be. Proverbs 29.17 says, Discipline your son, and he will give you peace. He will bring delight to your soul. Find helpful articles to help in your parenting. Just click on resources when you visit licensedparent.org. The Florida Georgia Truth Network in Folkestone at 91.3. Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. Glad you're with us. David Gray and Craig Henderson with you today uh, here on SWAT Radio. Uh, we were talking before the break about St. Patrick's Day, and Craig read uh, a prayer of St. Patrick known as the Breastplate of St. Patrick, which is very powerful. And uh, thanks to Brad. I was joking with Brad uh, that he was still trying to control the program <laughs> while well, he wasn't here, but uh, that was a great a great thing to give us to read today on St. Patrick's Day. And and uh, our friend James Grimm has already texted me. James is going to link the uh, put a link to that prayer uh, in the notes for today's program. So uh, next week, if you go to SWATradio.com, or maybe even later today, uh, you will see a recap. James does a great job of recapping each program, and he does it with uh, uh, in a succinct way and often with a little bit of humor. So... Um, He'll have the link of that prayer of St. Uh, St. Patrick out there if you want to go and read it and maybe maybe print it out. But that was uh, that was really good. Like I said, I'll never think of St. Patrick the, the same way. I do have a friend who has uh, told me about part of that prayer before, the part where it says, you know, Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ underneath me, the idea mm-hmm. of, you know, just Jesus in every situation. Right. Yeah, I liked, I did like that part of the prayer. Yeah. Well, I started, uh, we were talking about occasionally trying to uh, have some lighter news stories or, or cultural stories that uh, on Fridays, since during the week, we talk about so many important and often heavy things happening in the culture and the right way for us to respond as believers and, and respond according to what God says in the scriptures. And But uh, occasionally it's fun to, to tell a, a lighter story. So I started to tell this before the break, but we have a cat. We have a couple cats. They're outdoor cats. One of them in particular, he's an orange, uh, male orange tabby, and he's just a big goofball cat. He's got a great personality. He's so sweet. He's like a dog, I was telling you during the break. And he's had a couple of misadventures in the past where we've had to, he's been missing and we had to put up a couple signs in the neighborhood. He was stuck in a neighbor's garage once and, you know, things like that. So beginning of this week, Tuesday afternoon, we realized we haven't seen him for, you know, a while or, you know, 12 hours or so. And we start to get nervous and we're looking around and I put something out on one of those next door neighborhood, you know, posts and then I'm getting all these leads, you know, it's like, uh, people think they've seen him here and there. And <laughs> anyway, then I wound up the next day putting up some signs in the neighborhood in our and I and I found myself praying about the cat. 
<laughs> and praying that God would protect the cat and that we would find the cat. And I realized, you know, you met, we were mentioning about community. And one of the things we get the privilege of doing is praying for our, our SWAT brothers. And we've got a friend right now in particular who is the need of some prayer for, and we've been praying for him for a medical issue and some other things. And I realized I was praying for our buddy and uh, praying for the cat side by side. And I felt a little, I felt a little guilty. <laughs> so I, I did hear, uh, I think a couple weeks ago when, when Brad and I were on, we talked about uh, verses and memory verses in first Thessalonians five, 16 through 18 rejoice, always pray without ceasing which goes to you give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God, of God in Christ Jesus yep. for you all circumstances so, and and also where pray without ceasing i think it's in it, i think it's in peter right i don't have the chapter and verse but he says cast your cares on the lord because he cares for you so anyway i i i, I didn't really feel silly but i did it did put a little smile on my face that i was praying for something serious and something not quite as serious <laughs> <laughs> at the same time but anyway within an hour of me putting up a couple signs in the neighborhood our neighbor calls and says yeah he's on the uh our other neighbor's roof <laughs> and he had been up there and it went down to he was up there for two nights and it went down to 40 degrees the other night but he was unfazed we got him down and uh i guess there was a ladder near the house that somehow he climbed up and couldn't get down but uh anyway god is a god of the details god cares about the things that are important to us and and uh so i was thankful to uh to get the cat back that's our our lighter good news story for this week so anyway um we have been looking uh craig as you know at uh, acts 22 verses 17 to 30 uh this week uh that's what uh doug and i were going over on monday and wednesday and brian andrew was in on tuesday with doug and uh been kind of going through that teaching on that passage. And uh, on Fridays, as many of you listening may know, uh, Brad was kind of the uh, facilitator, the one who who began this, and we've been doing this for the last couple of months, uh, you know, maybe referring to Fridays as Discipleship Fridays, not that the other days aren't, but looking at the, at the passage from a little different format with the idea of maybe modeling uh, ways that as individuals we can not only study the scriptures, but maybe uh, counsel and disciple someone else in, in studying the scriptures. And we're taking passages or the passage that we've been studying and, and asking, looking at it from the standpoint of a few different questions. Uh, what jumps out or stands out to you from the text? Um, what can we learn about God uh, from the text? What can we learn about people from the text? Uh, perhaps sometimes in certain passages, talking about who do we identify with from the text, but most importantly, the last question, how can we live differently? What can we do to be obedient uh, to God as a result from what he teaches us uh, from the text? We know that the Bible teaches us that all Scripture is useful for, for training and, and rebuking and teaching in righteousness, and uh, we know that uh, Hebrews also says that the Scriptures are alive and active, um, like a double-edged sword, able to able to change us from the inside, and so, anyway, we're we're looking at that uh, at the passage from that um, from that perspective today, um, and I wanted to just give a little bit of a a, a recap of, of where we've been in this. You know, uh, the first part of uh, chapter of twenty-two uh, in verses one to sixteen, Paul has been 
pulled out of this mob who uh, in the temple, they were uh, Jews from Asia, probably from Ephesus, who had recognized him and accused him of bringing Gentiles into the temple. And they're, they're basically coming after him violently at that point. The Romans pull him out of there and Paul asks the Romans if he can speak to the to the Jews, and they let him, which is incredible, right? And then he goes through in verses 1 to 16 this, this defense of his life, and he's basically talking about what his life was like before Jesus and how Jesus rescued him. And we saw, as we were talking about, Craig, the, the, the sovereignty of God in, in how Jesus came to Paul, even when Paul wasn't looking for him. Uh, yet in verse 16, we see Paul's responsibility to to call on the name of the Lord to to respond to God's drawing of him and Doug pointed out you know Paul thought that he represented God and he really didn't even know him mm. and that that goes on all around us unfortunately oh, yeah. in, in church today I'm sure you've you've seen that <laughs> yeah that's so true yeah really um, is and then that uh, in 17 to 30 here Paul's story continues and we see what his life is like in his, as he gives his narrative, his defense, we see what his life is like after his rescue by Jesus. And the idea is that, that our story should be similar. We're to imitate Paul as he imitates Christ, that our story, we've all at some point had a life before Jesus. We, we were rescued by Jesus as, you know, those of us who belong to him. And now we have a life um, after, after that rescue. And uh, in this passage, as we've been looking at this week, that life is a life of service to God and a life of caring for others after rescue by Jesus. Uh, Doug uses the phrase, putting God on display, which I've always really liked. I think that's a great way to summarize it. Um, but this idea that in our service to God, we're, we're recognizing and yielding to the fact that he's in control, not us. Mm. And we see that in this passage uh, with Paul. Um, in verses 17 to 20, we saw that Paul kind of argues with God <laughs> a little bit. About about what he's to do, and um, um, and then we see that that Paul goes on to tell the crowd of Jews that it was the same God of their fathers who sent him to the Gentiles, and they lose it at that point uh, and want to kill him, and the and the Romans rescue him again and pull him out of the crowd, but they're going to flog him to interrogate him and find out what's going on, and then Paul asks the question about, is this lawful for you to do that to a Roman citizen? So I'm going to stop there in terms of the review, but just to catch you up, that's where we've been this week. That's what we've been looking at. And now we're going to, we're going to look at the passage from, uh, from the this point of view of these questions. And Craig, I know I said I was going to read the passage, mm-hmm. but why don't you read it since I've just been talking for too long. <laughs> Sorry right. to put you on that's the spot, okay. but I think we have time. Why don't you go ahead and read 17 to 30, and then we'll get into the questions after the bottom of the hour. Starting with verse 17, it says, When I had returned to Jerusalem and was praying in the temple, I fell into a trance, and I saw him saying to me, Make haste and get out of Jerusalem quickly, because they will not accept your testimony about me. And I said, Lord, they themselves know that in one synagogue after another, I imprisoned and beat those who believed in you. And when the blood of Stephen, your witness, was being shed, I myself was standing by and approving and watching over his garments of those who killed him. And he said to me, Go, for I will send you far away to the Gentiles. 
up to this word, they listened to me. Then they raised their voices and said, away with such a fellow from the earth, for he should not be allowed to live. And as they were shouting and throwing off their cloaks and flinging dust into the air, the tribune ordered him to be brought into the barracks, saying that he should be examined by flogging to find out why they were out shouting about him. We'll pick it up in verse 25. I did it to you again. We'll pick it up in verse 25 when we come back. We're going to take a break at the bottom of the hour for the news here on SWAT Radio, and we are glad you're with us. Give us a call at 844-777-7928 if you have a question or a comment. Mount Sinai. Morning. (laughs) What's that? David rose early in the morning for worship, prayer, and meditation. The first thing I do is get coffee in the bloodstream. On the first Easter Sunday morning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to the tomb where Jesus had been buried, and that's where they met the risen Lord. You can meet Him too, and there's no better time than the first uninterrupted minutes of every day. Tomorrow morning, would you consider setting aside the first moments of your day to get alone with God in His Word and in prayer? Remember, you don't have to go through your day alone. With Seeking Him, I'm Nancy DeMoss Wagamuth. There's major delays in Clay County because of a crash on Blanding Boulevard southbound at College Drive blocking two left lanes. Also in the opposite direction, there's emergency vehicles blocking the left turn lane. And there's a vehicle on fire in St. John's County on I-95 southbound at State Road 16. Increasing clouds tonight, low 60. Saturday, showers and possible thunderstorms, high 66. From the Traffic and Weather Center, I'm A.J. The Florida Georgia Truth Network. Palatka listens at 91.9. Look down from a broken sky, traced out by the city lights. My world from a mile high, best seat in the house tonight. Touchdown in the cold black top, hold on for the sudden stop. Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Craig Henderson with you here from the Salem Center in Jacksonville. Uh, If you have any questions or comments as we go through the program today, give us a call at 844-777-7928. We'd love to hear from you with any questions or comments. We are looking at Acts chapter 22, verses 17 to 30. And before the break, I did it to Craig again. I put him up against the clock and then we had a shot clock violation uh, where we didn't quite have enough time to finish the passage. So Craig read from uh, starting in verse 17, and I think we got up through 24. But Craig, why don't you pick it up again uh, with verse 22 to the end of the chapter? Sure, be glad to. And just as a clarifying, verse 22 picks up right after Paul says that he was told to God to go, for I send you far away to the Gentiles. And then the response that happened at that point here is in verse 22. Up to this word, they had listened to him. Then they raised their voices and said, Away with such a fellow from the earth, for he should not be allowed to live. And they were shouting and throwing off their cloaks and flinging dust into the air. 
The Tribune ordered him to be brought into the barracks, saying that he should be examined by flogging to find out why they were shouting against him like this. But when they had stretched him out for the whips, Paul said to the centurion who was standing by him, is it lawful for you to flog a man who is a Roman citizen and uncondemned? When the centurion heard this, he went to the tribune and said to him, what are you about to do? For this man is a Roman citizen. So the tribune came and said to him, tell me, are you a Roman citizen? And he said, yes. The tribune answered, I bought my citizenship for a large sum. Paul said, but I am a citizen by birth. So those who were about to bring examine, about to examine him withdrew from him immediately, and the tribune was afraid, for he realized that Paul was a Roman citizen and that he had bound him. But on the next day, desiring to know the real reason why he was being accused by the Jews, he unbound him and commanded the chief priests and all the council to meet, and he brought Paul down and set him before them. This ends the word of God. Yeah, may God bless the reading of his word. Thanks, Craig. Really appreciate it. Uh, a lot of reading for you today. <laughs> so starting with our first question uh, that we that we use on Fridays, you know, what, what stands out or really jumps out at you from the text? And there's a lot here, as there always is, Craig. So I'll, I'll give you maybe first... Uh, First response at that, anything in particular that jumps out at you? Yeah, as I was, if I've been studying this since last week and, and this and, you know, prepared for today, my, my thought was the crowd listened to Paul until, mm. you know, they were fine with everything that went on in the early part of chapter 22 about his conversion story and all the things that happened. But soon as he mentioned that he was being called to the Gentiles, which would be like an unclean group, a uh, and of course the call came from God to him, that they just went nuts. Yep. And, and you know, I think about that. That yeah. So it's like, you know, I'm okay with what you tell me in your story until it's outside what I feel is good or or or, or realm of what I really agree with or mm. whatever. And so I thought that was that was kind of what stood out to me was that they were they were fine listening to the story until yeah. And boy, there's some application for that today, aren't there? People, people will tolerate listening to uh, what the Bible says about God up to a certain point, right? Yeah. This idea that Jesus, it says in the scriptures, is a stumbling block. Mm -hmm. And this idea that he's the only way. Well, what about all these people who believe well, in this? And that's arrogant of you to say that Jesus is the only way, right? We're willing to listen to you. Up to that point, right? Yeah. You know? Well, and I think, well, I think part of that is that, you know, uh, everybody wants, I mean, you sort of have created a, your own sense of God or worship or whatever in your life. And, and you're good with whatever until it sits, makes you uncomfortable or gets you outside of that, that yeah. purview, you know, yeah. once, once it's, so it's kind of, for me, it's like, I, I got to let God be God, mm -hmm. not me be God. Right. Right. You know, but yep. they had already made up their their rules about how they were going to be God yeah. in the situation. Yep. And using that example I was using about Jesus, about I, we see that, and we've seen that throughout the church age, right? That that 
that Jesus is a stumbling block to people when they hear that he is the only way. Mm-hmm. And and like Doug said yesterday, to give a little teaser for next week, uh, like Doug said yesterday in SWAT, when people say, oh, we, we worship the same God, if they don't acknowledge Jesus yeah. and don't acknowledge Jesus as the only way and the only one to whom through whom we must must be saved, as the Bible says, then we don't worship the same God. Exactly right. And that's a stumbling block, and that's where people, I think, a lot of times are willing to listen up to that point, and then the, and then they don't. So, yeah, I, I haven't seen anyone flinging dust in the air, but uh, <laughs> but I, you know, as Doug said, you know, that's a great point. They they took off their cloaks because they were going to stone him, and they were freeing themselves up, and they yeah. grabbed at the at the ground and part of God's sovereignty and protecting Paul there, there weren't any rocks. Yeah. Apparently away from the fellow from the earth. Yes. Yes. I'm going to get to that in a second, but a couple things stood out to me. There's so many things here, but at the beginning, you know, Paul's quote unquote, as he's recounting what happened to him and making his defense, when he talks in verses, you know, 17 through 20 about, uh, he was back in Jerusalem after three years after being converted and he was, in the temple and he fell into a trance like state similar to Peter when he had the vision of the sheet being let down, um, earlier in acts, uh, and Paul's having a quote unquote discussion with God. Cause God's told him, I'm going to send you the Gentiles. And Paul's saying, but wait a minute there, if I stay here, they'll know that you changed me and they'll believe because I was the worst of the worst. And now I'm Mm-hmm. preaching that Jesus is Messiah and I'm preaching the gospel. And, um, and you know, at first glance on that, it doesn't seem unreasonable. It, no, it makes sense. Yeah. Right. It seems they'll, like they'll, they'll remember who I was yeah. and now who I am now. Yeah. Right. But he's saying this after God says, make haste and get out of Jerusalem quickly because they will not accept your testimony. So that's where the key is, right? Paul's points as humans seem reasonable to us. Right. But he's really, as Doug pointed out, arguing with God. I, it made me think of the rule we had with our kids, and now my, my son is using it on his kids. And it's the comment, obey the first time. Obey the first time. It's so simple, right? Yeah. But so true. You know, this idea of I'm going to count to three. Well, no. How about I'm going to tell you and you're going to do it. There's going to be no counting. <laughs> Easier said than done. Of course, whenever I say that to my grandson now, I laugh because I said it so often to his father. So anyway, the other thing that, that so the point there is God's in control, not us. That was one of our, our teaching points. And um, But I also noticed God doesn't rebuke Paul there. At least Paul doesn't record that. Right. It, 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 or Luke doesn't record that. Yeah. God is is patient with Paul, and of course he's patient with us, and he yeah. allows him. He allows him that little bit of back and forth. It kind of reminded me of Abraham talking to him. Well, if you find fifty righteous people in the city, will you keep? You know, <laughs> and get, working his way yeah, down. Yeah. yeah, he gives a little. Uh, <laughs> God gives a little leniency and patience there. So um, the other thing that uh, stood out to me was when you you mentioned this when the when they said after he got up to the point where he said, God said, I'm going to send you to the Gentiles. Their reaction, away with such a fellow from the earth, um, and then being ready to stone him. And uh, 
that just reminded me, I think there's so many similarities between Jesus' last trip to Jerusalem to face his death and Paul's now in the midst of his last trip to Jerusalem in, in, in Matthew 5, I'm sorry, Matthew 27, verses 20 and forward. Now the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor, Pilate, again said to them, which of the two do you want me to release for you? And they said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, then what shall I do with Jesus, who is called Christ? They all said, let him be crucified. And he said, why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, let him be crucified. Right. Don't even don't even give me a reason. We just want to do away with him. Yeah. And 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 the similarities. Yeah. The violence right. of the crowd. Um, I've mentioned this before, and I'm not going to read it now, but Revelation chapter 12, John gives this great summary of God's work of salvation. And it talks about how the dragon, mm-hmm. Satan, was there ready to grab Jesus when he was born. And that's Herod trying right. to kill all the babies. But God protected him and, and then raised him from the dead and took him back to heaven. And that chapter ends with, after all that, when the devil couldn't get at Jesus, it said he became enraged and went off to make war against the offspring of mm. the woman, meaning the church. Wow. That's how, you know, and, and this idea that when you see the violence of the mob against yeah. Paul and the violence of the mob against Jesus, who's behind that? Yeah, it's, it is Satan. Absolutely. Yeah. And that passage comes to mind that he was, some translations say he was enraged mm. or he was furious and went off to make war against against the church so we know where that uh, where that rage of the crowd is coming from absolutely we're going to take our last break here on SWAT radio and come back and look at a couple of other questions on this passage give us a call at 844-777-7928 and we will be right back on SWAT radio If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. I first met Gord in the corner of a hockey rink. He introduced himself to me with a hip check I can still feel when the weather changes. He skated toward the penalty box talking to the referee. Come on, Gord said. How could you tell I hit him? You don't even have your seeing eye dog with you. (laughs) Gord is one witty guy, and after I found my teeth, we bonded like super glue. These days when I travel and speak, I take friends like Gord along, guys who make me laugh, who keep me accountable and help me stand against temptation. Proverbs 27, 17 says, Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. 
I hope you have a friend like Gord. If not, pray that God will bring one along. He cares. And remember, the best way to have a friend is to be one. This is Laugh Again with Phil Calloway. If you'd like to hear more and discover all things Laugh Again, visit us at laughagain.us. Laugh Again, truth bringing laughter to life. The Florida Georgia Truth Network and Ocean Way at 91.7. Back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Craig Henderson with you for our last segment of the week um, as we wrap up the week here on SWAT Radio and wrap up our look at Acts chapter 22, verses 17 to 30. And before the break, Craig, we were talking about, you know, kind of what jumps out at us from the text. And uh, I think that there's, like we said, there's a lot of things, but hopefully we uh, we covered that question Um between uh, what what you were talking about with um, with um, um, the crowd the listening crowd, sorry, up the, until the yeah, crowd listening, listening up until, until, up until yeah thank you for rescuing me from that senior moment and <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just the idea that um, you know Paul Paul arguing with God if you will God's patience with Paul but 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 God clearly showing that that he's in control and he's sovereign. And then, of course, the similarities between Paul and Jesus there uh, in their last trip to Jerusalem. Uh, our next question that we that we look at is, you know, what does the passage teach us about God, and what does it teach us about people? So, Craig, did you have some some thoughts well, about that question? Yeah, I did. I mean, I think it's it, it actually went back circles back to a little bit about what you said about Paul about God and his patience with Paul. I mean, God is always watching over us, always, and, and you know. There's no coincidence in life, you know, like I don't, I don't barely miss that accident by chance yeah, or, right. but it doesn't mean that, that things don't happen because we live in a broken world, but God is always watching over us and, and working for what's best for us. Mm. Um, and that's, um, and that really, for me, that really kind of shows in how Paul, how the whole situation about God getting him out about frankly, that he didn't. Paul didn't walk into the situation without God knowing ahead of time he's a Roman citizen. Right. And all this stuff going on, you know, and being strapped down, you know, and, and sort of the Holy Spirit speaking to Paul like, hey, uh, I'm a Roman citizen here. Maybe you uh, right. might want to be aware of that. Right, right, yeah. Um, and Doug pointed out, I didn't really think about this, but I think it's, I think it's the third time God has used the Romans. Mm-hmm. Yes, to rescue Paul, and 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 the enemies of the Jewish people. The Jewish people considered the Romans their enemies, and and yet here are the Romans rescuing Paul from danger, Perpec- protecting one of the be- greatest evangelism of evangelists of his time. That's right. That's right. You know? Right. Um, yep. So that to your point, um, that is certainly what this passage teaches us about God, as we said. You know, before the break and in the last few minutes, that that God is in control. And your your point about all the things that happen to us in life. I, I remember when I had to travel a lot for work, 
and I would get so aggravated at delays or missed flights or whatever it was. And then I, I had the thought one time, well, if God's in control here, so there's got to be a reason why I'm delayed or why I missed this flight or whether he's protecting me, whether he's giving me an opportunity to meet somebody or talk to somebody or whatever it is. Right. Sure. And so I, I can't say that I'm always a hundred percent successful at thinking that way. Uh, I still get aggravated. Or rejoice. Yeah. Not rejoicing <laughs> yeah. in that. Right. That's right. But it's a, I think it's a good perspective to have um, in general that, you know, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it may seem mundane. It may seem just like a big pain in the neck, but God is working. There's always more going on than we realize when, yeah. when something happens, yeah. you know, and it's not just our own little view of stuff. There's, there's sort of, yeah. God's, God's got a bigger perspective than ours and yeah. how he's walking through things. Yep. There's a, I like the author, John Eldridge. He's written a lot of books that I've really liked. And I, I think it's, he's actually got a book titled waking the dead, which mm. is a great title. And uh, in that book, he talks about one of the things he talks about without getting into all the details is like you just said, men want uh, men are, as believers were needed in God's service. Well, put it this way god doesn't really need us but he allows right. us to serve and other people need us you know to, mm-hmm. to tell them and to, to serve them but but that there's a battle underway and that things are not what they seem and yeah. there's a much bigger world out there and he actually uses a couple of movie kind of illustrations to show that mm-hmm. you know even in and i'm not advocating that the force in star wars is uh what we should right. be believing in but the idea that at the beginning of Star Wars, Luke Skywalker is just on his, wherever he is, riding his little vehicle around, and he has no idea what's going on around him in the larger picture and the and the role that he'll play. And and I like analogies and pictures like that. It helps me understand sometimes. But anyway, you're right. There's a bigger picture going on, and, and we don't always know what that is. Yeah, right. But we know the one who controls the Amen. picture. Amen. That so. is the truth. I was, uh, the other comment I thought about in that regard about God being in control, God's in control, but men, what does this teach us about men? Men think they're in control, especially un- unbelieving men Absolutely, think yeah. they're in control. And we see the Jews here thinking they're going to have Paul killed. We think we see the Romans thinking they're in control and they'll get him to confess or talk about whatever it is through the flogging <laughs> that they're going to give him. And yet, and yet, and we see, we could go through a million examples today of where people think they're in control as opposed to God. And it reminded me of Psalm 2, just the first couple of verses. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed saying, let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. I was reminded, I have a note in my Bible here, Paul kicking against the goads. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, as for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. So just, and it goes on. But the idea that if people really understood who they're trying to oppose. Right. (laughs) That's right. You know, um, and how futile that is. So anyway, um, the other thing I think that, that stood out to me, and this was with certainly help from Doug's teaching, um, is that, 
is the love that Paul showed in asking the question, is it lawful for you to flog a Roman citizen? I love that little, that yeah. little twist. Yeah, you know? I never would have got that, certainly yeah. on my own. And uh, But the idea that Paul was being loving to the mm-hmm. Romans by protecting them because they could have been executed even for binding an uncondemned Roman citizen. So I thought, and, and, and Doug referenced, you know, back to Matthew five, I think it's verse 40 or 43 about Jesus talking about loving your enemies. Yeah. And uh, I thought that that was a great point that when we, when we do that, we are, we are imitating Christ because Jesus certainly did that. So I thought that was uh that was really cool. And I wonder, I wonder how those Romans, the Tribune and the Centurion and them, how they felt at that moment when Paul did, did they realize that Paul did that for them? Yeah. And I think it really does. I mean, th- that last verse there shows the guy, w- the Tribune was curious now, Yeah, right? He really wanted to hear more, right? Like, why are they so upset over this guy? And he is just, he is probably just saved my life. Yeah, essentially. Exactly. And uh, we know that that Paul writes elsewhere, you know, while we were still sinners, while we were his enemy, Christ died for us. And so uh, the ultimate in loving your enemies. So I want to get to the last question while we have a couple minutes left. Uh, the the question of so what, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we've been mm-hmm. through the passage. We've talked about it all week. We've talked about it today. Uh, how can we be different um, as a result of being in God's word in this particular part of the scriptures? Any Any thoughts there? Well, I think for me, as I, as I looked at that, um, it sort of circles back to a couple of points you made early on that, um, that Paul demonstrates. And it's really, um, you know, as we look at Paul, you know, the things that we can see in his life that really, I, I ask God to reflect into my own life, you know, and like it's caring for that Romans tribute, you know, the reach speaking after the centurion who then goes and tells his boss, yeah. you know, it's not, it wasn't an act of saving myself. It was an act of caring for that tribune and what potentially could happen to him. Yeah. Had he been flawed, had Paul been flogged. Right. Right. Um, yep. Well, I think about day to day, forget about loving my enemies. I, I have trouble sometimes loving just those who I'm mildly <laughs> irritated with. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, think of, I think about how lazy I am sometimes in just not really wanting to care for or serve or, invite or whatever it is, somebody that I'm not particularly comfortable with or right. don't have a great relationship with. And, and so I'm, I'm convicted about that, about, about my reluctance to do that. Um, and, and, you know, Paul didn't let anything get in his way. He'd talk to anybody. He'd, he'd witness to anybody, he'd preach to anybody. And obviously he, he loved his enemies. Like we talked about here. I'm, I'm, cheating a little bit from the notes, but uh, you know, Doug had some great points in his summary of, about how we can be, what we can take away from this, but God calls us to trust in his plan, not ours. Right. He calls us to always look for opportunities to share, calls us to build bridges with our audience. I think that's a great point, ways that we can develop even a, a little bit of a relationship with people in order to, to reach them. To always point to Jesus and to let gratitude toward God and love for others be motivation. And boy, that last one is convicting to me too. Sometimes yeah. my motivation is duty-like or obligation or not wanting to let other people down as opposed to love for God and gratitude toward him. 
Yeah, I think that's so true. And I'm going to, if I got a second to cur- circle back around to that third one about looking to build bridges to your audience, yep. you really have to get to know that person. And, it, and so it's not just, you know, talking at them, it's right. getting to know them right. to be able to share Jesus' love. That's right. That's a great point. And I think while I admire people that can stand up in a crowd of strangers or stand up on a street corner or whatever it is and preach the gospel, I think most times evangelism and, 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 and discipleship, they come about through those relationships that you're talking about. And right. So in looking for those and looking to build those, I think that gives us those opportunities that you're talking about. You bet. Craig, thanks for being here today. Always a treat to be in here with you. Uh, It's a privilege to be here. Thank you, David, very much for inviting me. And we thank you all for listening, as always. uh, Doug will be back Monday. I think Brad will be back with Doug on Monday on SWAT Radio. Have a great weekend, and happy St. Patrick's Day.